We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds, Juan Daniels, Kobe Pierce, making it a trifecta for the uh, Monday show, folks. Um, we're just coming off a of bye week. You know, Georgia wins the bye week. Um, you know, athens Clark County does not get any points on us. Uh, so we're moving on to the best time of year, and that is the cocktail party week. But we've got some stuff to discuss first before we do that. Um, listen, Georgia lands a huge commitment from uh, Chris Bill, four-star cornerback out of Charlotte up here in North Carolina. Um, we're going to talk superlatives for this season. We're going to do a mid-season review, and we're going to look into the future, right? What lies ahead for Georgia? Um, there's a ton to talk about. Uh, and also, we're going to talk first, though. We're going to talk about the uh, joint statement from Georgia and Florida. Uh, but first, before we do that, the, the show is brought to you by our friends over at BetUS. Use code DGD125 when you're signing up and you make your deposit and you get 125% bonus up to $2,500. So keep that in mind. Uh, sign up today and start making money. All right. Lots of football left. Uh, I see Rude's in the chat, Pat's in the chat, Gator Garbage is. First off, let's jump into this joint statement, guys. Let's talk about this. Um, If you're not familiar, right, Georgia and Florida um, released a statement earlier uh, this morning, right, Monday morning, uh, basically saying, right, I'm just going to paraphrase this, basically saying we're not making a decision uh, when until the time comes we're going to reevaluate uh, and look at what's best for both schools. Um, y- y'all guys have went to Jacksonville and y'all been on that field. What? I, I guess my question is, we'll start it off hot. What does the what does the game played in Jacksonville mean to both of you guys? I'll start. Okay. I mean, um, you know, it, it, it's a fun trip away. Um, just as a little bit something different where you're, you know, you're having the stadium, it's going to be half and half. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, just another away game, but sometimes you're the home team. It's, it's just fun. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. I don't, I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't like the home and home series when we got blasted, you know, both <laughs> at home and away, but, uh, you know, Kobe's experience may have been a little bit different. Kobe, what about you, sir? Yes, it's definitely one of those things that it, it just feels like another away game, um, whether you're the home team or not. It you basically go through the the same process of it, just like you stay in the hotel, you fly down there, you know, you you do this exact same thing that you would do playing at Florida um, when you're in Jacksonville. Um, it's cool to see the stadium, you know, half and half. It's super unique because of that, but uh, you know, all in all. Um, I think that you'll see that that Jacksonville really wants to keep it there, and I think you've seen that already. But I think you're really starting to see, um, as you start getting into years like this year and last year where you played a neutral site Clemson, a neutral site Oregon, well, then the fact that you have another neutral site game throughout the year, 
just starts kind of cutting down on your, um, you know, like Kirby says, on your recruiting. You're only getting to recruit, you know, one one or two less games a year. So, um, you know, I, with the conference expanding, it would not surprise me to see it slowly move away from there, even if it isn't permanently, even if it's like home, home Jacksonville or some some variation of that. You know, I was looking at it right here, right? And I'm going to kind of read a little bit of it, uh, of the uh, press re- release or whatever. And it says basically talking about when the discussions take place to you know, renew the Jacksonville contract or whatever. Uh, you know, they're going to talk about considering a multitude of factors, right, including the tradition itself. Uh, you're looking at finances, future SEC scheduling models, right? Th- now we're talking about the addition of Texas and Oklahoma, right? If you're not familiar, Texas, Oklahoma also has their Red River shootout in Dallas at the state fair there, right? Which that's another thing that I think that Jacksonville is going to look at as a leverage point here, right? Because that everybody knows the Red River shootout as being there. Um, and that's a unique environment in itself. Um, so, you know, it, it's going to be very interesting, right? I understand Kirby, what he wants, because, you know, it, it does a disservice when you have a neutral site game and you can't recruit it because Kirby's always recruiting. Right. The, the product on the field is one thing, but when you have no access to literally face to face contact, you know, that's where Kirby's trying to push for. Listen, if if you were able to if both teams were able to interact face to face with recruits as if it was a home game on a neutral site game, I, I honestly, Kirby would keep it in Jacksonville, wouldn't give two shits outside of not being able to go on campus. That's it. I, I think. I think the move that they made earlier just to me was just a bunch of hearsay to just kind of appease people handed a lot in tickets. That's, that's nothing. That, that's not what he's wanting. That's nothing to me. So I, I think either, if they're going to keep it in Jacksonville, open up the recruiting, you know, you know, a little bit there because you know, you know, you're not going to get a lot of people to come to fucking Athens. You're not going to get them to come to Athens. A neutral site, neutral site's the only way to go. Like if Oregon would have came to Athens, I don't, I don't see that happening. Honestly, I, I really don't. Because with how Georgia is right now, I just don't see a lot of big teams scheduling games in Athens week one. You just won't see it. You, you just won't. So you're at a disadvantage to these two neutral site games. But you know, Georgia's going to take care of business on the field. That's what we've been known for doing under Kirby Smart. And I think you just keep it rolling. But until then, folks. Nothing new for the cocktail party. Nothing new. Uh, so we'll give a little quick shout out here. I see, I see Bishop Don, as we all know. Rudes, Joe, Pat, obviously. Waiting on a couple other folks to come in. Rudes, uh, you know, I think I think they saw a little bit of double one, and I think Rudes caught a little bit flabbergasted for a second one. Um, <laughs> Pat, Pat saying that he's got money on uh, Bishop Don having a flower bit beard, uh, flower dipped beard as well. Man, oh man, oh man. Uh, enough of this cocktail party contract bull crap that I think is bull crap. Um, what about this Chris Pill commitment, right? Yesterday commits to Georgia. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, top, well, let's see, top 175, I think, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, six foot 190, right? Uh, teammate of Jaden uh, Davis, uh, 2024 quarterback. Uh, up here at Providence Day, you know my initial thought on this is when you look at the rec- the DB class for this cycle with the twenty claim type names things like that, but when you've got AJ Harris, you've got Justin Rett, you've got Chris Pill in the fold now, the DB hall that we have in Athens for this twenty three cycle is quietly stacked, and I mean stacked. Um, you know, you can never have enough DBs in my opinion, right guys? Um, you know, one of my also things I think about Chris Pill though is, and I think his physicality is going to play well here, right? Very physical cornerback, right? If you're not familiar with him uh, and you watch his tape, you'll see he's very physical. Kirby seems to value these DBs that will come in and not willing to come down in, in, in space, make tackles, but he's also not willing to, Right, he's willing to go hit. Um, what are y'all guys' overall thoughts on Chris Pill addition to the class? 
I mean, I think it's great. I mean, pretty soon, you know, Georgia's going to be the DBU. They're already, you know, tight in you, but they'll be they'll be DBU. What I like is what he said, though. I mean, the the biggest thing he said is one thing. One of the things that Georgia does is they they train you. They they um, you know get you prepared to go to the next level. So he's already thinking next level, and what better place to go uh, than to, to to Georgia, where you know they're throwing the ball around in the SEC. I mean, you look at the Floridas, the Kentuckys, the Mississippi States, Tennessees. I mean, we're going to get tested there. These guys are throwing the ball, and what better place to be, um, you know, than to be at Georgia right now as a defensive back? Oh, you're not wrong about that. Kobe, what do you have to say about uh, the Yeah, I'm just really similar to what Juan said. I mean, you're you're seeing the the offenses in the SEC evolve with the times, and, and all of a sudden – when they're evolving, your athletes are so much better than all these other conferences already. The moment your offense scheme catches up, it's like Tennessee. All of a sudden, boom, you know, they have these athletes and, and different things, and the offense catches up to the time, and, you know, they look really good. Um, it's it's going to be important down the stretch to play DB um, in the SEC to keep up with these speedy guys on the outside, uh, you know, People are looking for mismatches, and and the more DBs you have, the better you can be. Um, just, I think it's a good addition. You know, I think we talked about it, Robert. Like, may not be a year one guy like Malachi Starks, but very few people are. So, no, I feel like I feel like um, Malachi Starks is almost like a unicorn, if you know what I mean. Like, kid is just a physical freak. Uh, fun stat: leads the team in snaps, guys, as a true freshman. Um, you know, listen, there's an argument that potentially by the end of his three years, four years, could go down as one of the best safeties uh, Georgia's ever seen. Uh, and, and He's a three-year guy. He's not going to be look at this. in any longer look at this. three years. Wana Claus is telling us exactly what it is. Don't don't ruin our Christmas hopes and dreams, okay? Um, <laughs> yeah, but listen, I, I think you look at it, right? Like, obviously, Chris Pill, when you look at the current, uh, current stacked uh, class in regards to secondary – Right, you all it, listen. It starts with Jonel Guerrero at safety, right? You have Jonel Guerrero, you have uh, Daniel Harris, Chris Pill, Justin Rett is listed out of, out of Bishop Gorman, and he's listed as a a cornerback that you could honestly see him go to safety, right? Uh, listen, that's a six one, almost two hundred guy right there. That's a long guy. That's you know long athlete, right? You could see him go back and, and play safety, perhaps. I'm just saying it's. To me, I'm looking at that, and I'm, you know, you just look at Fran Brown doing his thing because Fran Brown was on Chris Pill early when he was back at Rutgers. Uh, obviously, Muschamp was on Chris Pill as well, so it kind of ties in together and worked well for Georgia. Um, looks like we've got some good com, good com uh, comments in the section out here in the brigade. They're they're trying to get Kobe to laugh now. Oh my goodness, Juan, they they don't think the challenge of getting you to laugh is enough anymore. It seems like my goodness. You said Florida week. Florida week's crazy in the chat, and it's uh, it's it's trying its best on Monday. Oh my God, it's already starting, and I can't wait for it. It's the, listen, this this is the juicy part of the year for Georgia fans, right? Coming off the bye week, it's oh man, you got a whole week of just pure hate build up already because you don't have a game on Saturday. Speaking of, we had a bye week, right? And you know, up to that point, that's the midway season or part of our season. Um. Guys, I want to get y'all's thoughts on, you know, on a review so far, right? Up to this point, what are your takeaways from what George, what you've seen on out of this football team coming into the bye week? I'll, I mean, I, I'll start. You know, we, we had a, a, a couple of shaky games. Um, you, you know, uh, sometimes being that number one, you know, you – you know, sometimes you may get full of yourself or there's going to be opportunities for you to for you to get better. Um, but as of late, Georgia has made statement games. I think that they're going to continue to make statement games. They're going to punish Florida this week and get ready for Tennessee. Um, it's, it, it's going to be something exciting. I'm not looking ahead. I don't think Georgia's looking ahead. However, you know, in the, in the back of your mind, you know, right now we're we're going to have dominance. We want to smash Florida and beat them 10 times worse than Tennessee beat Florida, just to make a statement. I'm just leaving this right here. I, I'm going to give you a little – listen, 
the brigade understands. They understand the assignment, right? With it being the cocktail party week, I'm just going to let you know, Kobe, this is your first time being on the show for a cocktail party. Juan, you were here last year. Uh, things get spicy on the preview show. I'm just going to let you know this now. So if you're listening on podcasts, go back to the cocktail party preview last year. You'll understand. The brigade comes in even hotter than what they already they always do. Uh, it gets it turns it up a little notch right there, almost to the point where Wanda Claus has to almost put some coal on the list. Uh, things can happen. Um, yeah, I just I just hate we don't have Mullins. I mean, oh. that, that just I, I miss Dan Mullen. That was just that was a joy. God, that was so beautiful, man. Last I feel year, like we were, we're being robbed. <laughs> man, that, I, listen, I'm I'm reminiscing hard right now. Okay. Last year, that was so fun to see. But now we get Billy Napier, right? And honestly, it, it's going to be the same kind of fun. I'm just going to let you know that right now. Uh, I'm going to let you – I'm calling it now. Uh, NSFW tomorrow, folks, or Wednesday, folks. Just going to leave that there, okay? Just leaving that there. Uh, Kobe, though, we're going to get back on to the topic here. We, we kind of do this thing from time to time. You know, what, are your th- uh, what are your takeaways from the team so far this season to this point? I think the big thing um, so far this season has been that if you've watched us play, when we play our game, when we are playing, you know, the Georgia brand of football, we're easily the best team in the country, like pretty easily. But the problem is, is sprinkled throughout the season, you've had some games where you haven't shown up and done that. I mean, yeah, Samford, you shut out, but like especially Missouri, I think that's the one that everybody kind of – you know, goes back to that you had a road test at Missouri. You kind of struggled. You were trailing a majority of the game. You found a way to win that game. You know, you now you've beaten a good South Carolina team and a great Oregon team. Um, I, I'd say you're going to play a Florida team that's below South Carolina still a little bit. But up until this point in the year, I mean, I think you've kind of seen it. It's – it's maybe the top four, top five teams in the country, and it's everybody else. So, um, so far, I think just been really happy with the way it's gone. You, know, you saw the statistic um, this week that it's like the fifteenth or sixteenth week we've been AP number one yeah, under and it, we've only been AP number one fifteen times ever. Yeah, that's that. to, to me. This is how like I saw that stat and immediately was just like mind blown, right? Because what we're seeing under Kirby Smart is a different level of Georgia football that we've ever seen. Let's be honest. Because if you look at it, it's sustained dominance at that point, right? Like it's sustained excellence, if you will, right? If you don't want to call it dominance, whatever, it's, it's, it's excellence, right? Being number one 15 weeks, how many people can say that in general, right? Like there's a lot of teams that can't say they've ever been number one, period. Uh, as Bishop Don says, you're either a leader, you're not. Um, I'm just saying that, right, embrace what Kirby has brought to Georgia. Soak every moment of this in, right? We, we, you go back to the, you know, the Donnan eras, the golf eras, some some good football, but some bad, right? And, and fortunately for Georgia fans, folks, you're not seeing a lot of bad football, right? 2019 feels forever away at this point, right? Which Let's not talk about 2019 because that was bad um, offensively, but neither here nor there. Um as far as as far as my midseason takeaway, I genuinely believe that people keep sleeping on the fact that our offense is actually doing some impressive, impressive things. Whatever you want to call, it, I don't care. There, you have to give them credit; they're doing a good job. But Georgia's right there in that area. And, it, and, and it's completely pushed under the rug. Like, nobody wants to pay attention to that. And if I'm Kirby Smart, I'm soaking that up because you know good and damn well, Kobe, Juan, you played with him. He's going to take that, and he's going to manipulate these, these guys and make them hungrier than what we think they can be. I'm just leaving that there because you've heard the media talk about how good Tennessee is, how they think that Tennessee's going to beat them. That's the rat poison Kirby loves to bring in. I'm just going to leave that there. And I can't wait because as soon as we come back off this bye week, folks, Florida, I don't think they're ready for it. 
I just don't think they're ready for it. We're going to talk more about that um, Wednesday. However, I think I feel like the efficiency on our offense has been there, right? Take aside the two games, the Kent State game, right, the the Missouri game. Outside of that, our offense has been efficient, folks. Um, Now, at the same time, we've had a lot of threes and not a lot of sevens, right? But that's, you know, that's something that, that's to be desired, but I think moving in this back half, that that mentality and that you know, that three instead of seven has to change for Georgia to get to where they need to be. And I think taking the bye week, listen, I don't expect it to be. A, I didn't. I don't think that it was probably a simple week. If if I'm in the program, I'm pretty sure Kirby had these guys laser focused. Kobe, do you have any experience on a bye week under Kirby Smart? What like what? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, he's shaking his head. This is going to be interesting. He he let them boys relax. You can you can. It's like Alabama. You know I I know that you hate to say like I know we like to joke about oh no excuses no this no that, but what Nick Saban and Will Anderson had to say before they played Tennessee about how the guys aren't singing or chanting coming out of the locker room. The guys seem nervous before the game. They're you're almost so excited to play this game that you're beside yourself with emotion and and the nerves of of wanting wanting to play so well and winning worse than anything else and and the big thing Kirby's always preached is you I don't want you to be nervous I don't want you to feel emotion I want you to do your job and if you do your job and the other 10 of you do your job we're gonna be okay don't don't be so nervous about Tennessee that you end up getting caught in a bad position because you were, oh, I'm going to jam this guy super hard or whatever. And and that's what the bye week really just gives these guys a chance to, you know, they came in, they had Monday off. They came in Tuesday, had a good practice, practice Wednesday. And then Thursday was like a light practice, but really just, again, about giving these guys time giving these guys time to go home, see mom and dad, grandma, aunt, whoever, let them go home to their high school, feel all the love, all those things. But then yesterday they came back, walked through, lift, you know, spent some time at the facility kind of getting back and, you know, focusing in last night. And then today they'll have a good practice and then they'll practice good all week. But really last week, um, you know, maybe you focused a little bit on, on some teams in the future that may do unique things. I know a big thing when Paul Johnson was at Georgia Tech was the bye week was always Georgia Tech. Like we ran Georgia Tech offense on the bye week just to let the defense start to look at it. So, you know. Makes sense, I suppose. See, I I guess my thoughts would be like he wants to keep these guys laser focused, but I also didn't take into – I guess take into play the fact that, you know, sometimes a mental reset will get you recharged, right, because – like I said, we, we, there's, a, there's a little bit of a gauntlet coming out of this bye week, right? Uh, whether you think those games are easy or difficult or whatever, it, it's still it's, – it's, it's meat, it's money-making time, if that makes sense, right? Um, listen, so I'm just going to make this be known here. Uh, we need Coach Kirby Smart on this show right now because if you're not in the brigade right now, y'all don't understand what I'm seeing here. Uh, but I'm going to read these to you, these comments, because I need him to defend himself. Uh, Pat says, Kirby did not like defending Juan in practice because he didn't like eating burnt toast. I'm just saying. Uh, To the tune of it was a massacre. Um, Apparently, Kirby became elite simply trying to defend Juan the entire time. Is this true? Juan, is this true? I, I need answers. It was a massacre. It was it was really bad. It was it, it was really bad. And you know, in, in in his defense, it's it's really tough for safeties to cover receivers. Um, you know, they're they're more you know helping out. They more cover the the tight ends or or some backs or something like that out of the field. But you know, it was it was a bad situation. And you know, and that may have run him actually into coaching. Maybe given up on a on a career. Oh my, uh, you know, after oh my after goodness, Chef Daniels over here is cooking it up, yes. cooking it up. I'm just yeah. uh, future merch design. Be on the lookout. I'm just gonna let y'all know there. Um, Warren, listen, Warren Bridge team straight about Austin State. Yeah. 
um, so apparently Kirby might eventually write a uh, novel, uh, New York Times bestseller, How to Stop the Goat, uh, autobiography on a, how to stop Juan Daniels. That uh, that book's going to have two two photos on the cover, one of Nick Saban and one of Juan Daniels. Side by side. <laughs> over, over, overcoming the goat. Couldn't overcome one, yeah. but came in the other, overcame the other. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah. what I like to hear. <laughs> I, I'm just saying the day that Kirby – the day that Coach Smart hears this, it, it's going to be uh, quite interesting. Well, and this well, the sad thing is, is he wouldn't be able to deny it. He'd have to, you know, kind of hang his head and be like, "Well, that's fair." Oh that's God! Fair. Oh man! This somebody, please! I got to, I got to clip this. We need to get this into his ears, please. God, I need oh, this. Yeah. We yeah. need this content, folks. I'm just saying. <laughs> Let's do some superlatives, though. All right, it's enough goat talk here. Listen, we get goaded out from time to time here. I'm not mad about it. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. Superlatives. Let's go ahead and start this. Um, let's start hot and heavy here. Uh, who is your team MVP? One player off all three facets of the game. Kobe, who is your MVP for the uh, up until the bye week so far? Todd Hartley. Todd Hartley. Okay. Just Not even a player. I, Not even a I player. would say no. I, I, I would say Stetson um, for sure at this point. He's just – in, in year one as truly getting a full offseason as the starter in, um, you know, year three of this Munkin offense, he just has looked, um, honestly, the best version of himself that we've seen. I mean, you know, he, he, he looked okay in 2020. He had a lot of doubters in 2021. And, I mean, he still has those doubters this year, but, I mean, he just – he looks like the guy. There, to me, there is no questions of, "Hey, is this guy really who we should be playing?" I mean, it is like, "Yeah, we're winning games. He's putting us in good positions because of how intelligent he is, because of how much he knows this offense and and things like that." So, I'm going with uh, Step, but shout out Todd Hartley because uh, we're a dang good team because Todd Hartley recruits dang good tight ends. So. Juan, who's your MVP, sir? I'm, I'm going to go a different route, and I'm, I'm an offensive guy, but I'm, I'm actually going to go Malachi Starks. Uh, the, the defense did not have necessarily a clear standout leader, and he started it with that amazing interception in that first game against Oregon, and then he's gone on to play very, very well. I think that uh, he helps out a lot with uh, with, with Ringo. <laughs> you know, I, I think Ringo may, as, as, as well as he played in that national championship, may kind of be the weak link a little bit on our in our in our secondary. So I, I just I like how he stepped up. He doesn't look or play like a freshman. I mean, he looked like he you know looks like he's been there. He's the established leader, and and, and you know outside of the defensive line, when I think of you know Georgia defense, I think of him back there you know, being a ball hawk and then just coming down there filling holes. You know, y'all took two very good answers here from me. Um, as Pat says, call him. Um, listen, give me Pop Johnson. Um, going into this going into this season, going into the season, when you lose all of your starting linebackers, we knew somebody had to step up. We knew Pop was a candidate. But what Pop has done through this point he has solidified the defense, in my opinion, right? Not not as much in the secondary, but he solidified the defense to make sure that these guys are playing the same ball. That not maybe not the same, but still holding them up to the standard as last year, right? Whether or not you know the numbers are what they are, or whatever. But he's been the X factor, in my opinion, um, for the front seven easily, easily, right? You look at. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Most every time, all season, Pop Johnson. Now, we talked about the stat that Malachi Starks has played the most snaps, and, and that's impressive as hell for a true freshman alone to make that, right? But I think the most impact right here has to be Pop Johnson because I don't know how many times we've seen him pressure the quarterback into errant throws. Uh, we, You know, getting these guys set up you know, on the edge, right? Nolan Smith, everything like that. Give me Pop Johnson on that. Give me Pop Johnson. I, I, listen, I don't think either one of these calls are wrong because there's a heavy argument for all three. Right. We, Georgia's played damn good football. And I think th- these three guys have have been X factors into this team's success. Um, oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Straight Grey Poupon and people. What are we talking about here? Dejan. Oh, we're talking about Dejan. OK, Dejan, a damn mustard contract because he is. OK, so again, like I said, this is this is a brigade that's ready for the cocktail party. All right. They're warming up. This is just warming up, folks. Um, moving on to our next point, offense. So obviously we, we talked about that right there. Let's do offensive breakout player so far this season. Who's your, who's your breakout player on offense? We'll go on first. Oh, Kobe, Kobe, go first, go first. You're fine. Kobe, go first. I think mine is only because we've started getting him the ball more, but I think Darnell Washington has just been a huge, um, not really surprise, not really any of those things, but we're really just getting him the ball. And he makes things happen in space. I mean, I think he is easily propelling himself into first-round draft-like conversation. I mean, his ability to catch the ball, I mean, it's height alone. But his ability to catch the ball and then what he does in space after, I mean, that that's just something that, you know, you could argue as a GM that you put 40 pounds on him and put him at left tackle. He's that good at blocking. But, I mean, also he's the tight end that, you know, Inside the 15-yard line in the NFL, good luck. Who are you going to cover him with at, at that level at 6'8"? So, I think Darnell um, has been my breakout guy so far. Now, is it a huge surprise? And to me, no, not really. You've really just thrown him the ball more, and he's stayed healthy. But So, we've we've got some folks. we got um, – oh, goodness. Uh, Mitch brings up Branson Robinson. Uh, Pat seconds Branson. Juan, who do you have as your offensive breakout player? I've got Blaylock. Um, you know, Blaylock has come on as of late and, uh, you know, it's just been, you know, just kind of a surprise, you know, can stretch the field and, you know, just another receiver that we can get the ball to. Um, before that, you, you basically heard of like McConkie, you know, has just been, you know, carrying most of the load. But Blaylock has really stepped up and, you know, just given us an additional weapon. And, uh, you know, I think the more that we start to use him, that's going to open up everybody else. I mean, listen, I love I love bringing Blaylock back into these things. Um, you know, if I have to choose mine, though, give me Dejon. Um, with a cl- you know what, though, strangely enough, a close second, Carson Bet. Carson Bet, <clears throat> even in his even in the limited reps, Carson is close to being that breakout player. He's just played that damn good with the snaps that he's been playing. Uh, but I have to go Dejon Edwards. He's I, I love each running back on this on this team. But Dejan looks like the best overall back right now. Argument, obviously, definitely Kenny McIntosh, right? Kendall's doing his thing when he's healthy. But there's just been so many times where Dejan's number's been called and when we needed it and he gets where we need to be, right? Whether it be getting that first down to secure, the, you know, eat more clock or whatever. I'm just saying that Dejan's been arguably the best back overall, um, especially running the ball. I think running the ball, he's been the best. Uh, Kenny McIntosh's argument, right, from a passing game. Listen, that working game, that was stupid how good he looked. Um, which kind of leads us to a next point here. But before we do, uh, if you're wondering, folks, it's probably common knowledge at this point, but it has been confirmed. Uh, that we, that game against Tennessee, folks, is a 3-30 game on CBS. So more than likely, you probably won't see a night game in Athens this year. Because uh, let's be honest, you'll probably see a noon kickoff for Georgia Tech because they're ass. They really are. Um, 
But neither here nor there. Let's move on. Uh, defensive breakout player. Kobe, who do you have? Um, I mean, I think I think Malachi Starks is the is the simple answer to breakout player. I mean, I think I think kind of like you said, your biggest questions on the year two would be your linebackers. I mean, I think Pop Johnson and Smile Munden have both done a great job. Um, even even Ryan Davis stepping up into some roles since Smile Munden's been hurt. But I just think breakout player. I mean, Malachi has broken out onto the scene. You know, and and he has impacted in a big way in big games and big moments. I mean, he's you know he doesn't drop any of the interceptions that have touched both of his hands right now. He's got four or five interceptions already at this point in the season. I mean, he he just is a special athlete that puts himself in a good position to make a play on the ball. So, uh, I mean, I think Pop Johnson, like you said, you could argue any of the linebackers who've stepped up for you know, three drafted linebackers, but um, Malachi's the man. Juan, who do you have, sir? Um, I, I, again, I, I still got to go with Malachi. He was my, you know, breakout guy. But, um, you know, again, just, just just coming in, I've heard a lot of great things um, about him over the spring. You know, had an opportunity to talk to Will Muschamp, and Will Muschamp even said he was going to be special, and he's lived up to the hype. So that that, that that's my guy. You know, listen, I could go three across the board, clean slate, right? But for the sake of entertainment, man, give me Bear Alexander. Give me Bear Alexander. And the reason I say that is, honestly, I think Malachi is your breakout player, honestly. But I don't think we saw this type of performance this early from Bear Alexander. Um, You know, I had talked about it prior to the season. I thought Michael Williams, and he hasn't disappointed either. He really hasn't. Um, But when you look at, you know, like I said, Bear Alexander, his transformation from high school through the offseason, right, or through the talking season, we'll talk about that Wednesday. Keep that uh, quote in mind. But the body transformation and just pure exceeding expectations, because, you know, I didn't know what, what to really think about, right? There wasn't a lot of tape to look at. And the coaches hit this one out of the park already, so it seems. So I would have to say Bear Alexander, but in, in all honesty, I think that the obvious answer is Malachi. Malachi has just been a just a unicorn. That's as simple as that. I see Juan laughing a little bit. Must be some good stuff going in the chat here. Must be some – oh, my goodness, gangster grandmas. Welcome to the – welcome to the spondent. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, Juan, let us know what's getting you laughing up, sir. I need to know. I need to know. Man, it's uh, Rude's with the gangster grandmas. <laughs> He's talking about, oh, my gosh, I'm dead. Anyway, sorry. Welcome welcome to the brigade, folks. You never know what you're yeah. going to get. It's like a box of chocolates, as, the, as Forrest Gump once said. Oh, and, and, and Granny, Granny Joel said we all have to rip off our sleeves now. <laughs> I can't do it. Oh, no, you're goaded, though. Why can't you do it? You're Hulk, man. I, I, mean, I, I don't want to ruin my Georgia shirt. I, you know, if I had another shirt, if I had a Florida shirt on, I'd rip this thing. I, like, no, oh. if you had a Florida shirt on, I'd question your your sanity first. That's true. That's fair. Let's be honest That's there. I'd, I'd question that. It just reminded me of something. Oh, boy. What we got here? What do we have here, folks? I had to find it, but. I have a little something on on the goat, some blackmail. Oh, <laughs> if it's from Black Adonis, and it's 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 legit. Uh, listen, uh oh, coat. We getting rec- welcome to what? Listen, if you're listening on podcast, please please disregard the randomness. He said, he said, show us the smolders. <laughs> oh man. This is great. This is great. Oh God! If you're listening <laughs> on podcast, this is why it pays to sometimes be on, watch this live. I'm just letting you know, but you'll understand. Uh, it, well, like I said, what can I say? It's cocktail party week, folks. We let loose here. Okay, you'll you'll catch us <laughs> a little bit more here. Um, overall, let's do this. Uh, what has caught you off guard the most? Like, what has surprised you the most? While Kobe is looking up. 
the blackmail. Juan, what's what surprised you the most? Uh, I got the blackmail. Oh. I just can't put it oh. in the chat. Oh man, <laughs> let us know if you can't. Is it a is it a photo? Is it is it text? What is it? Oh boy. This could get interesting. Oh no. That's when you picked that's when you picked Florida, if I'm not mistaken. That look that looked photoshopped to me, Kobe. I think <laughs> I don't even think that. <laughs> Damn, I don't know about y'all, but my I don't, even, I don't even recognize that guy. He's got a beard. It, I don't know who that was, is. And it was gray as a night snow. Yeah, it was like the Black Santa Claus. Y'all don't know who that is. No, nah, we this this ain't Friday after next. We ain't in the hood though. Yeah. We ain't in the hood though. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> I'm just gonna let y'all know. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go ahead and say this, but you know, my my pleasant surprise. The the defense playing to the tune that they have played so far this season. There was so much talk about Georgia losing all these players to the draft. And while that has been the case, we've averaged nine points. We've given up nine points on average through this first, through this point of the season. If that's not impressive for what we lost, that's that stood out to me. It stood out to me. <clears throat> Juan, you know what they want? We're bringing this up because the, the brigade is forcing us to here. That chop is perfect because. I found out that you're supposed to do right over left, and I think you did left over right, if I'm not mistaken. So you did it the exact opposite way. So hats off to you. Thank you. Thank you. I try, and I, got, I go above we troll, and beyond. We're trolling. We're trolling over here. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm just saying, that's that's. if I'm not mistaken, Kobe, can you bring that back up? Because I think he did left over right. I think he did left trolling. over right. Did y'all see the Duke player break the U over his knee this weekend? Oh man, oh. don't listen. I wanted to save this till Wednesday, folks. Do I do I do it now? Do I do it now? Guys? No, save it. Save, save it. But I'm just saying, I mean, talk about that's just a cold that's just a cold celebration. God, yeah. I'm telling you right now, listen. Tune in Wednesday, folks. That's all I'm gonna say. Tune in Wednesday and also listen, go vote on the Twitter for your polls. You'll understand Wednesday why I have Miami and Virginia as a pick. I'm leaving it there. It's that simple, folks. He needs some milk. Um, I, I'll say my, my biggest surprise, again, like you were just talking about earlier, is, is going to be the defense. I mean, if you take a look now at how we shut down Oregon that very first game, and now you look at Oregon and they are just, I mean, averaging anywhere from 40 to 50 points a game. So it lets you know just how well. Um, our, our defense has played, especially losing so many people in the draft. So, Juan, your, Juan, your nickname is Big Perm now. Big Perm. Yeah, look, you play with my emotions. My man got all the hair. Look at it, though. Let's be honest. The Big Perm is set up just right. I mean, what's yeah, up, Big Perm? I mean, Big Worm. <laughs> what's up, Kobe? So, I think my biggest surprise is going to be just a little more negative. I think I've been surprised that we we just haven't gotten the sacks. Um, we got we have some good defensive ends, you know, and a lot of teams have have, um, you know, really either thrown the ball away early. I mean, I think they've averaged one that we've averaged one of the highest like quarterback from snap to throw rates of any team. But uh, it, it, I really thought that we would be um, getting to the quarterback a little bit more. It'll be interesting to see with the amount of running that Anthony Richardson likes to do if we don't get to him a, a little bit more. I feel like he likes to hold the ball, likes to try to read and confirm his reads. Um, that, uh, that's probably been my biggest surprise. I mean, the defense obviously is a huge surprise in general, um, but the the amount of getting to the quarterback has been, has been lower than even I thought it would be after Oregon. I think the official stats though is what's interesting, right? Because let's be honest, to, to count to defend to come to the defense of the defense, the pressure rate is ridiculous, which tells you that they're creating havoc without necessarily creating havoc. Um, so you look at right, the look at the stat of sat, uh, sacks and, and it's very low. 
But when you look at the pressures that are coming from these, right, if we go back to the Auburn game, he couldn't get the damn ball out. He was always throwing it out of bounds. Like he saw one fan in the stands that was like, I'm throwing to you though, every play basically. This is what happened. Same with Oregon. Oregon, Oregon really didn't do much, right? Bo Nix was running for his life and they were getting the ball out in their out of their hands within two seconds. So most of this season to date, we've seen offenses getting the ball out of their hands, out of their quarterbacks, extremely fast, right? Which is going to impact your your sack numbers, your quarterback hits, things like that. But the pressure is it's it's there. The pressure's there. Yeah, from that defensive front, and it's it's like these defensive guys are looking at each other, saying, "Why is it that every time I'm in the backfield, you're in the backfield?" Pressure in the damn quarterback. <laughs> Every time I come into the backfield, you in the backfield. You're all the backs. Damn quarterback. Running backs. Receivers. <laughs> I, I like sacks. I like I like pressure. I like <laughs> oh my God, the amount of Friday references. I love it. I love yes, it. Sir. But no, you know, in all seriousness, though, I think you look at the Florida game, and this is a good time to transition to what looks ahead, right? What lies ahead? It's cocktail party week. You, you've got a great value Cam Newton back there for Florida that's more than likely going to get get hit. Uh, he, he likes to run the ball, right? He likes to run the ball. And to me, with our DBs, I think our DBs are just overwhelmingly too physical for Florida's receivers. So I don't see them creating the separation that you need, and I don't trust their running backs with if, – if Smile Mondin plays, I'm telling you now, he's got the quarterbacks situated. Because you'll probably have Pop spying or Smile Spy, I would assume. So the speed right there pushes a lot of stuff away. But let's be honest, Chris Smith, I think you'll see if they try to run any kind of outside zone or stretch plays, he will, he will nip that in the bud quick. It's that simple. Yeah, um, and then and going to Mitch, you know, plus how many mobile quarterbacks have we, you know, ha, have we seen? I mean, I, I really feel like the job that we were able to do on on Patrick or sorry, Bo Nix, kind of prepares us for, uh, the, you know, the, this game right here. I mean, it, it it really does. I mean, AJ Swan had you know a, a little bit of uh, of some mobility, and then of course, you know, you've got the Auburn quarterback that he's just strictly a runner, you know, that that can throw the football. So and we did an excellent job. On, on on each one of those quarterbacks, so I I, I love you know our chances against uh, Florida this weekend. So we'll keep we'll keep the predictions and stuff like that to a minimal here. Juan, we've so we've got all right. Let's look at this. You've got Florida this week. Next week you got Tennessee at home, and then you travel to Stark Vegas. Then you travel to Kentucky before hosting Georgia Tech. Unfortunately. Um, Georgia's chances to win these games, I think, stems from the ability to get past Tennessee. But, right, I just think that well, Tennessee is looking really good. But let's be honest. Tennessee over the weekend played UT Martin. And UT Martin dropped 400 yards on them, folks. I, you have to look at that, and you can't overlook that. The score was like 64, 65, 24, something like that. But the fact that an FCS school scored 24 points on you and dropped 400 yards offense, that, listen, I'm just saying that is not a recipe to win these big, big games, especially and, and, when you have a defense with a true pulse. And I think, I think a big thing you'll see also um, is this weekend they play Kentucky. And, and that's just going to be a big game for them too because um, – I look at what Kentucky did to Mississippi State, who was kind of rolling. I mean, they were Mississippi State was kind of on a roll there for a little bit, throwing the ball around the yard, you know, putting up big points, you know, throwing the ball with great success. And they kind of ran into Kentucky, which was really surprising, and had a lot of trouble throwing the ball, getting the ball downfield, doing things like that. I'm not saying, you know, obviously we'll keep predictions. Um, I'm not saying Kentucky is going to beat Tennessee. But it will be interesting to see, you know, the more film schools have on you and your tendencies, it'll be interesting to see, like, how Kentucky tries to adjust and, and limit the big plays and see if they can't um, show us anything a week before the game. 
uh, you know, listen, I, I try to tell people, you, if you try to talk to a Tennessee Vol fan, and, and I think Tennessee wins this game, but you have to be careful playing Tennessee because Tennessee is a very physical team, whether the scoreboard shows one thing or another. They will play you physical, right? As they beat you, like, they will beat you up. There's one t- uh, one game heading into the Florida week where we played Kentucky and lost six guys, right? Keep that in mind. Right? They're a very physical team, defensively for sure. Tennessee Tennessee will probably win that game, but you get what I mean, right? Like how I mean, let's be honest. Even last year, think about this. Last year. Tennessee's defense was on the field 99 times. They had 99 defensive plays done. That right there is not what you want to see. You don't want to replicate that if you're about to head to Athens and play Georgia. Because I'm telling you right now, Kirby Smart, if 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 we see that kind of performance where they are on the field in a forever, right? Because last year, like I said, they were they were their defense was on the field for three quarters. Literally three quarters. So with that being said, Kirby's going to notice that if that happens again. And I'm telling you, it won't be surprising to see us run tempo, things like that, which speaking of, that's something that I really want to see more of. On offense, I want to see us do more tempo. Yeah. Because I think that's – But what it says right here, you know, if, if Kentucky can establish any sort of running game, they're going to be able to win. And, and again, I, I wouldn't be shocked or surprised if Kentucky – comes out and, and and pulls the upset. I mean, I you know, obviously we all made bad picks. We thought that Kentucky surely was going to lose to to Mississippi State and, you know, Mississippi State, you know, ends up, you know, losing that game. So, um because, you know, Will Will Levis came back, he came out there and played, you know, lights out. So, expect them to go out there and give Tennessee everything that they have. Tennessee's got a couple things going against them as well as, you know, they they also have Georgia that next week. So don't be surprised if, if, if they overlook that, you know, unlike us, you know, we, I, I think we're going to go and handle business against, you know, against Florida, you know, Florida doesn't have really any signature marquee wins. I mean, they beat a trash Utah team, you know, and everybody knows that everything in Utah is trash. So, you know, I feel like there's a subliminal shot right there to the J O double G. All right. I mean, the J-O-double-G, I love it. The J-O-double-G. <laughs> oh, man, that's fantastic. <laughs> nah, so what we're – Joel is no longer Joel. It's the J-O-double-G. If, the J-O-double-G. Let me, let me break this down before we wrap this thing up. J-O-double-G stands for Joel, the original gangster grandma. It's that simple. It's that simple. It's that simple. Oh, folks. Man. Again, I'm starting to cramp up in my back. Oh, hold on, don't, don't mess the goat. Hold on, stop. stop. Uh, Hydrate. <laughs> but not. Oh, oh, she's so strapped. Oh god, <laughs> she got the, she, she, the block is hot. God, are we going Lil Wayne now too? Damn. <laughs> now we. Oh, oh, oh she done threw out the grandma emoji. Oh no. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. If wait, if she's the OG grandma, gangster grandma, Juan, please don't run her over for Christmas. Please don't do this. Oh, I got. She's got to get smoked. Oh no. She's got to get smoked for Christmas. Yeah. All right. Mitch brings up a good point here to get us back on the football. Uh, Tennessee plays really good run defense, but they haven't attempted to play pass defense all year. Um, Listen, I I think this right here. You look at this. I know we're getting way far ahead here, but. Tennessee was able to run the ball in Alabama, and I think that's ultimately what caused Alabama's downfall too, right? Like outside of the past, you know, the passing scenarios, they were able to get on first down, get four yards, five yards, right, to get them into second manageable. And that's how Tennessee and their offense really works. You put them in second and manageable, and then they attack the field vertically. If Georgia can go in there and and stop that run offense of theirs and put them into second long, third and long, right, George, that's a recipe to stop that offense because at that point, Georgia pins their ears back, and outside of that, there's not a lot that's going to be able to stop the Georgia fully knowing because that's when that's when you're going to get Nolan Smith coming off the edge. That's when you're getting uh, Michael Williams his best shot you know, on third and long, right? I'm just saying that you have to be able to run the ball on Georgia, and what is Georgia best at doing? Our defense is known for stopping the run first. 
it's that simple. So it, it's shaping up to be a good one, folks. It really is. Um, yeah, and and they're not about to start. I mean, listen, like I said, fucking Tennessee Martin gave up or dropped four hundred yards on them. So tells me what I need to know. Um, listen, Mitch and Kobe are all business. Um, one needs one hundred fifty thousand. Damn, he he going from Ezel. Uh, I'm big, big perm. We got the, we got J O double G. Like my goodness, one guy one gonna have so many nicknames we won't know which one to call him for. <laughs> It'll be situational. <laughs> Kobe, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Uh, I'm surprised. Brigade hasn't started coming up with nicknames for you, man. To be honest, it's coming. It's Swolders coming. is pretty good. Swolders. <laughs> Oh, man, that was great. Um, I'm over here sitting here like I don't know how to handle this. Trying to keep things civil, guys. Trying to keep it business. Sometimes you just can't. Listen, we got to let loose. It's the cocktail party, damn it. This is what happens. See, Mitch says it. Listen, it's cocktail party week. Ain't nothing but business here. <laughs> Stick around a little bit longer. You'll you'll find her out. You'll find <laughs> out real quick. <laughs> Kobe, like LL Cool J on Jamie Foxx filming any given Sunday. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, folks. That's it. That's a wrap for today. <laughs> we've had a, we've had enough Friday references. People, if you don't know what I'm talking about, man, just go watch Friday. <laughs> watch these comments and listen. If you listen into the podcast, get a chance. Go to YouTube. First off, like the video. Follow if you ain't. And second off, just go through and read these comments. I, I'm telling you, just go read these comments. You'll understand if you go back and watch this video. You will understand. I'm just gonna leave it there. Um, apparently, apparently, uh, J O double G says she needs her, uh, prune, prune juice cocktail. <laughs> Folks, welcome to the best, welcome to the best, uh, chat in the land, the brigade. I'm just leaving that there. Uh, Pat says, if y'all want round two, tune in Wednesday, y'all think this is bad now. Kobe, prepare yourself, sir. <laughs> the white walkers are coming at this point. Also, I'll give a shout out to Mitch here. Fill the streams tomorrow night. Um, 9.30, Behind the Hedges. Uh, check them out. Uh, let's see. Yeah, tune in tomorrow night. Yeah, it's tomorrow night at 9.30. Uh, see all the business. All right? Listen, go give Mitch and Ducati a shout-out. Uh, tell Ducati he better wear his damn um, Stetson jersey, by the way, too. Uh, just leave that there. Uh, tell him, you know, tell him Stequavius uh, says so, okay, or the J-O-double-G. Either way, we're going to have the new age outlaws here soon. I'm going to come up something right there. Um I gotta come up with some nicknames for everybody over here. We, we gotta have something. We gotta have something. You <laughs> said Florida thinks they can just tuck the chain. <laughs> I'm just gonna tuck mine in. Once you go to my 40, homie. <laughs> I'm just gonna let y'all know right now. Before we wrap this up for real, though, uh, I'm just gonna let y'all know there's some expectations here. So expect a Bernie Mac reference. Expect a Debo reference, and that's all I'm gonna give you. I'm just gonna leave it there. Oh, and come, come prepare. Uh, if you if you uh, hit the canes, come prepare because you gonna have some fun. Uh, simple as that. Uh, listen, if you're watching, uh, wait. Oh. Oh, crack, <laughs> crack. Oh my god. But no, in all seriousness, um, <laughs> if Ducati's breathing, you always ran. Oh, dude, he okay, Doomer. That's his thing. That's his thing right there. <laughs> Um, listen, if you like the show, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, Twitter, uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, if you listen on podcasts, make sure to leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Uh, if you need us to talk more football and stop playing around, let us know, I guess. Um, other than that, though, guys, listen, it's cocktail party week. Fuck Florida. Uh, as Irk Russell once said, screw, uh, screw Florida and the meal that came in on. And that's going to be our motto for the week. Uh, Kobe? It was different, but I loved it. Uh, enjoyed having you on for a Monday show. I think it. I think it seems necessary. I think we got. We're gonna have some fun Wednesday, folks. I'm just gonna leave that there. Just gonna leave that there. Um, also, tell Mitch, tell Dakali to hop on Wednesday, like in the chat, and just give us a petty factoid for the week, please. I need that. I need that on the show. Um, so I'll, I'll hop in there tomorrow too and let y'all know. I need him noon Wednesday. Other than that, though, folks. Uh, Pat, I'm going to leave it on this note right here. Pat says perfectly, uh, go dogs. Uh, Juan, don't do the gator chop. And let's wrap this thing up <laughs> and see y'all. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, you, hey, you have to rip off the sleeves on Wednesday, Kobe. <laughs> Bring the sleeveless to work. Yeah, go sleeveless. <laughs> he gonna have the he gonna have the Wolverines. Just come in, yeah, come in your white beater, man. <laughs> hey, we did say it's not suitable for work, folks. So Wednesday, I'm just saying. Because we out here, we gonna be cussing everybody. Tell haters, man. All right. Anyways, if you like the show, let us know. With that being said, we'll see y'all Wednesday. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Thank you.